Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Let's go! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another week of sports and fun stuff and just everything that goes on in life. I'm your host, Chet, and I've got Tyler, my co-host, and I've got a, a message from Mr. Jacob that he's going to be joining us shortly, hopefully. Uh, he committed to it. We'll see. Uh, but Tyler, how was your weekend? How you been? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Pretty busy. I've been writing a lot of articles uh, at the new job. Uh, so definitely happy oh. to, to be off of unemployment, uh, but definitely excited to be talking about football. We're now in the month of August. It's almost here. We got the preseason poll. We got conference realignment going on. Good thing oh, the EA Sports game is coming out next year because they want to know what to do. Yeah, if it would have came out a couple of months ago, they would have had to release an update, just change everything. So, but you mentioned the new job. You catch Tyler over at brproud.com. I think is that the right website, TT? Yep. I see the articles when you post them. I see them on Facebook. So I go out there and read them. You had a good article about the LSU punter uh, being awarded the uh, the top punter watch list award. I forget the name of the award, but good way to start. Lou Groza. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, no, this weekend um, I caught up. Caught up. Uh, well, first I was out in in West Texas in the Fredericksburg world, you know, sipping some wine, doing as you do, learning everything about the wine and swirling it around, and smelling it and all that fun stuff. Had a nice family vacation out there. Uh, and I came back and I immediately had to uh, travel for work. So you don't see my normal background. I'm in a hotel uh, in Houston, uh, living it up big here. So but last night. I got to tell you, I was watching the new untold documentary on Jake Paul. Um, They got the one coming out tomorrow on Johnny Manziel. Of course, this is Monday, August 7th. On August 8th, the new one comes out. So uh, make sure you subscribe. So we'll tell you when it comes out if you're over here watching us on YouTube. Uh, But the Jake Paul documentary kind of, you know, I always saw Jake Paul as like a uh, wannabe boxer you see the media headlines Stephen a smith is screaming on first take about it and i kind of bought into the narrative to be honest with you i didn't really watch any of his fights just wrote him off as like wannabe youtube boxers fighting guys that are old and washed up but watching this documentary kind of his rise to fame in the early 2000s 2010s era on youtube him and logan paul did some very cringy stuff maybe we just need to be cringy and we'll blow up like they did i mean the man bought like a uh $12 million mansion at 19. Like, that's insane. Uh, but then kind of fell off, got some scandal, a lot of stuff going on, and decided he wanted to get into boxing. And he, dude, he put his life into it. So that's dedication right there. Uh, he's only got one professional loss, I believe, to uh, 
it's not Tyson Fury. That's the older brother. Uh, something Fury. Uh, Nate yeah, Fury. No, that's who he just fought. Or no, Nate no, Diaz. Nate Diaz. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, what she did beat over the weekend. Uh, I can't remember Tyson Fury's younger brother's name, but. Uh, that was an intense fight. That kind of showed the whole thing on Netflix documentary, uh, which he ended up losing in a split decision. But, I mean, it's good stuff, Tyler. If you're looking for something to watch, I'd definitely throw it on. It's about an hour and a half called The Problem Child. Kind of goes through his life. Uh, Logan Paul's on there, too. You know, and he's every every shot with him, he's got his prime water. I mean, at one point, he's pouring it into a cocktail glass and drinking that. I was like, all right, the man knows how to sell. So, uh, but Tyler, you excited for that Johnny Manziel documentary? Yeah, I mean, we already I saw an article already on it uh, that he almost wanted to commit suicide after the Cleveland Browns uh, cut him. So I'll definitely be interested in watching because I definitely think that it's definitely hard, you know, realizing that you're a first round draft pick and then all of a sudden you're cut and you you no longer are on a team. And then ever since then, his his world has been the same. Like, ever yeah. since, like, Johnny Football was Johnny Football, you know, in the NFL, he just wasn't the same. You know, the Cleveland Browns wasn't really the team for him to go to. It just feels like if you're a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, uh, your career just ultimately dies. Uh, but Netflix has honestly been killing it with these sports documentaries. You know, we just start oh, with full swing, got yeah. quarterback, you know, the Jake Paul documentary, got the Johnny Manziel. We got Dude, the, the documentary coming out. Oh, I'm excited for that. <laughs> An insane lineup. So if you're a sports fan, uh, get on the dog, get a Netflix membership, uh, and definitely binge watch uh, all of these because these are definitely going to be must-watch TV. Yeah, you got to make sure you get your own Netflix documentary or yeah. Netflix membership. They're cracking down on sharing accounts. Maybe sharing one day passwords. we'll get ours. But. <laughs> right. Um, the, the Florida one, I think, comes out in a couple of weeks. I think they all come yeah. out in August. I might be wrong on that. But, I mean, these untold documentaries are really good. The Manti Teo one yeah. that they had come out. Uh, they had one about the referee that's fixing the NBA games and making money on the side. That was a really good documentary. And like you said, full swing and quarterback. I mean, it's. I was. I, I wasn't watching anything on Netflix. Now they're just no, hitting. Me neither. I thought right. Netflix was dead, but these uh, documentaries are reviving it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned the Johnny Manziel, the heartbreaking story that he had trying to, you know, pos- almost committing suicide. And it's scary stuff, man. The, I read the article and apparently the gun malfunctioned yeah. when he had it to his head. That's how close it was. So, you know, if you you always have somebody to talk to, we'll take this for a PSA. You also, know, you so like he's opening a nightclub back at Texas A&M. Yes, I saw that. I def- uh, That'll be interesting to see. But. My, my quick PSA, you know, mental health awareness. If you ever feel like you don't have somebody to talk to, there's always somebody. Reach out to us on Twitter if you're a follower and you need to talk to somebody. Sure. Well, I'll have a conversation with you. So, uh, But serious stuff aside, we got fun sports talk coming up. And uh, I might have to visit Johnny Menzel's nightclub in Texas A&M next time I'm back <laughs> to College Station and see what it's all about. But we'll be, we'll be tuned in tomorrow to see the rise and fall of Johnny football. Uh, We've got some rise and fall in our uh, – we'll just jump into the fantasy talk here, okay? That's what we headline. Top fantasy questions. We sent out tweets. We sent out instant messages. We've got fantasy our own league asking us questions, which, Tyler, I don't know if we should answer those. Um, that might be – you know, that's helping. Hey, the we got to. <laughs> we are. We'll be unbiased and answer everything. Um, so let's start it off. If you're, if you're watching, let us know what you got. 
put put it in the chat. Yeah, from here to the end. It's not just going to be a full segment. And whenever we get the questions, we're going to stop with our talk and go right to your questions. So fantasy football seasons are on the quarter. Like you see there, we got the, you know, the drafts are rolling in. You got some people who draft right now. You got some people who are actually smart and uh, wait until either the week before or, or the week of the, the we season. Uh, that that way time. you don't have any injuries. You know who's going to be on the team. You know who's going to be playing. Uh, so definitely wait to have your drafts. Uh, but, yeah, we went over the draft strategy. We pretty much went over the top five positions too. Uh, so I want to leave it up to the fans. You know, we definitely have some little fans out there. So uh, go ahead. We'll spend the next couple of minutes. And then if we missed your question, we'll get to it at the end of the show. We've already got NASCAR Neil first one in. Uh, he's got best move for first two pick, picking 12. Oh, okay. I see what he's saying. Oh, best so he best move for round one and two. He's picking 12th in a 12-man league. Yeah, it's, I think it's, well, you know, everybody always asking, like, where, what's the best position to be drafted? And I think it's either the first pick, since I just have – I know that it's a long wait. But he also had the back-to-back pick. So I think that's what I like about having that, the 12 pick, uh, too. So I think that, like we mentioned, uh, wide receivers uh, are going early. Uh, so once you get to pick number 12, I, I think that's whenever you get uh, some value at the running backs. So I think that a Tony Pollard would definitely be up there for me. Nick Chubb. I think that if you want to start RBRB, I think that Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb, uh, I think that you want either one of those two guys, uh, but you also uh, want to get a wide receiver. I would either go with uh, Stefan Diggs there at number 12. I think I, I've seen Diggs uh, go in that range. He's very consistent. Uh, so I think I would go with Tony Pollard, Stefan Diggs uh, to start that 12 and 13. And if you start off with that, I mean, that is just an insane build to start. Yeah, I mean, Neil, if you're in a league with a bunch of people that don't know fantasy football and Travis Kelsey yeah. is sitting there at 12, which is highly unlikely, highly <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, he's going to like top five. Yeah, so I doubt I doubt he's even there. But I like the Tony Pollard. I mean, it's it's going to be his backfield. We already know the issues that Dak has. Who I mean, he says he's throwing under ten interceptions. I think I've seen him throw ten since the camp started last week. So, um, and then Stephon Diggs. So that's that's someone you typically see early, but with all yeah. these young guys kind of stepping up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Diggs is getting a little older. Yeah, he's still wide receiver one, but Buffalo's put a few. Yeah. Uh, you know, a few pieces around him. I could see him, you know, slip into late round one or you yeah, know, in that late range, case. you're either gonna get like Stefan Diggs, Garrett Wilson, or, or Amon Ross, St. Brown. I'd probably mm-hmm. lean to more towards uh Amon Ross, St. Brown over Garrett Wilson. I think that you could do well with either or, but like you mentioned, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, they're gonna be the first two picks. And then right. after that, I would probably say that Cooper Cup would be flying off the board next. Uh, you still have to deal with the injuries, so he might see a tumble maybe he goes uh, to pick number 12 uh, in some leagues uh, but you also have Tyree Kill flying off the board so right there you're already going to have four uh, wide receivers I think that the next next uh, best wide receiver would be Stephon Diggs so I read an article before the show um, and someone said uh, for round one pick one I'm not taking Jamar Chase I'm not taking Justin Jefferson I'm not taking CMC I'm taking Cooper Cup I was like I don't know about all that, considering he just got hurt. Yeah. Quarterback. They're not coming into the season. I feel like Cooper Cup's not the safe bet that he that he has been in the past, and if you should take him at round one, pick number one. Yeah, I would definitely – 
Yeah, I, I definitely don't agree with that at all. Uh, I think that Cooper Cup, don't get me wrong, whenever he's healthy and he's on the field, he is the best fantasy wide receiver, and I don't think it's very close. If you go back to two years ago, that was just the most insane fantasy season I've ever seen from a player. I feel like every every week he was getting 20-plus uh, fantasy points per game, and he was just a fantasy touchdown machine. Well, look at the Rams' offense. You know, the one thing go, going good for him, especially, you know, if Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup is ready to go, He's definitely going to get the target share. I mean, Van Jefferson is right behind him. They got a, a BYU product uh, rookie, and then you got Tyler Higby. So there's not much competition around Cooper Cup, uh, but I just like other, other receivers around him. I think that Tyree Kill, uh, definitely with if Tua is healthy, he's going to be one of the elite wide receivers to get. Uh, so I think that Cooper Cup uh, is definitely a solid player. He is, uh, you know, age number 30, so I think that injuries are starting to creep up on him. So I just think that there's just better players uh, than him, especially in the early rounds. And you just don't want to risk it with a first round pick. You want right. to go a safe pick or a player of upside. I think that player like B. John Robinson provides you more safe and upside too. Oh, that's oh, take a rookie round one. That's interesting. Hey, oh, uh, we got a we got a, another question coming in from our <laughs> friend over C Money AZ. Of course, he's live right now on YouTube. So if you have two screens, pull them both up. You know, don't, yeah. don't 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 take away. You don't don't every, leave us. All the content on YouTube. Yes, he's playing FIFA right now, which uh, the <laughs> women's team just lost. Yeah, uh, in the World Cup, sad to see. Then the rearview mirror. Yeah, so uh, made his first opponent quit, and then beat the second opponent ten to three. So congrats there, Cam. Um, his question is: He's thinking of taking Jonathan Taylor with the first pick if he gets it. I think this one's a joke. Uh, I don't think that's a solid choice because I've been bitten in the ass by that choice <laughs> many times, and I would not take him number one again. Tyler? Yeah, I was a, I was a big believer. If you flash back to last season, you know it that I was very yeah. high on Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor you know? was the messiah. I think it was just recency bias since I had him, and he led me to a championship along with Cooper Cup. Uh, but you, I mean, if you, Jonathan Taylor has been in the news. I mean, Josh Jacob has also been in the news. Just so many player holdouts, and Jim Irsay, the the Colts owner, he's saying that he's going to keep him, but saying that he has back pain. I just don't really believe in Jonathan Taylor. And if he all the field, look at the quarterback situation. You know, Gardner Minshew, if he starts, uh, you know, he's shown some talent, but. Anthony Richardson was a top five pick. The Colts are going to, you know, they're not going to go with Gardner Minshew being the starting quarterback oh. the whole entire season. And Anthony Richardson has an elite level speed. Once the Colts get into the goal line, it's not going to be Jonathan Taylor scoring touchdowns. It's going to be Anthony Richardson. We saw it uh, whenever he had some good games, you know, go flashback to that Utah game. That's whenever Anthony Richardson played at his best. And he just, every time that Florida went into the red zone, Anthony Richardson was running it with his leg. So I think that Jonathan Taylor is definitely not the the safest pick. It's definitely does a lot of risk. He's, you know, don't get me wrong. He's a talented player, but I'd rather guys like B. John Robinson, who is safe, going to get you the carries. I don't care about Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson. B. John Robinson was a top 10 pick. The Falcons are going to use him. And I would not be shocked if he gets like so many carries that I think that, injury prone you know he's a 21 year old running back so i think that if you're gonna look at a running back that late in the round like i think that cam you're at the back-to-back pick so with pick number eight Bijan robinson is the guy that i'm going after oh i like it or you know if Bijan is gone gone like you mentioned tony pilot would also be a solid option so a question we've got over from twitter i'll read it out here 
Um, the I Test Fantasy Football Podcast. Go give them a listen. Uh, he's currently in the 11th spot of a 12-man PPR redraft league. Uh, his mock drafts have been telling him A.J. Brown or C.D. Lamb. Uh, which one do I go with? I'm leaning A.J. Brown because of his quarterback. No surprise, Jalen Hurts is better than Dak Prescott, in my opinion. What are our thoughts? Uh, mine, to start with, I would go C.D. Lamb just because he is the guy in Dallas. He's wide receiver number one. Uh, of course, A.J. Brown gets a lot of targets, a lot of catches, but you also have uh, Schmitty over there, Devontae Smith, run, taking half of them away. Uh, and the Eagles, uh, no, there's no surprise. Jalen Hurts likes likes to run a lot. The Eagles like to run a lot. So, uh, But it begs the question of Dak Prescott, what kind of quarterback is he going to be? So, Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I think you can't go wrong with any player, though, but I would go on to, to CD, pick and C.D. Lamb. I, like you mentioned, with Devontae Smith being there in Philadelphia, I think that there's just bigger gap uh, in, in Dallas. You know, C.D. Lamb is going to be the number one overall wide receiver for them. I know that they added Brandy Cooks. He's going to be great value uh, in the middle rounds uh, of fantasy uh, this year. But they got rid of Dalton Schultz, and Schultz was really one of the favorite targets uh, for Dak Prescott. They're going to be yeah, losing. He was a himself. ball hall yeah, he, out there. He definitely, yeah, he, I feel like every game he was just balling out for them. Uh, so I think that there's some target share to be had. I think all that target share is going to be spread out to either Tony Pollard uh, going out in the backfield. Uh, Dallas loves to run a lot of screens and a lot of checkdowns with their running backs. And I think that's CeeDee Lamb. He's really going to take off. I don't think that we have seen, you know, the peak of C.D. Lamb's career. I think that we're going to start to see that uh, this season. But I think that if if you're going to get A.J. Brown, uh, this would be an insane thing. And you probably have to do in back-to-back picks. But if you have A.J. Brown, I'm going to go ahead in the next pick, take Jalen Hurts and try to stack them up. If you get that stack, that is one of the most elite stacks, along with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And also, you know, get maybe even getting like a Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and then Chargers, you have Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert. So that would be like my only if you're going to go after A.J. Brown, I want Jalen Hurts to get in that stack. I like it. I like it. Stack the quarterback wide receiver duo. Um, so I got some questions sent in by Matt, Matty Ice. He pulled his uh, his work crew out there because they're all fantasy football players. There we go. Got to know they they need to know who to pick. So, one of them asked, uh, "Do we see an up year for Odell Beckham Jr. and his return to the league, being on the Ravens? Is he worth a high draft pick? I wouldn't say a high draft pick. I'd probably say a mid to late round if he's still there. Grab him because he's got a potential high upside. What do you think, Tyler? Actually, I'm not drafting him at all this year. I think that Odell Beckham Jr. No love for Odell." Yeah, I know that you would say otherwise. Uh, you you picked this man whenever he's healthy, uh, but he hasn't played football in quite some time. Uh, you could definitely bring up a comparison with Calvin Ridley, but Calvin Ridley's younger. Odell Beckham Jr. is now uh, 30 years old. He's not the, the wide receivers. He's past his prime, in my opinion. Going to the Baltimore Ravens, there's just really no wide receivers I can trust. You know, Rashad Bateman with his injury concerns, Zay Flowers, uh, I think that he's going to be – a year away. So the only really, if you're going after a, a Ravens pass catcher, the only one that I, that I really feel safe taking is Mark Andrews. So I am passing on Odell Beckham Jr. I think that he's going, you know, around guys uh, that I think that are going to just going to get that value and that upside in the late round. Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't really give it to me anymore. Okay. Well, we have different different opinions on that one, Tyler. 
I might even draft Odell Beckham with the number one pick in our draft. Uh, Matty Ice asks, my dog, Jimmy Graham, back on the Saints. Is he back to legendary status, or is this a bust of a sign? Yeah, I don't think that's going to be the Jimmy Graham that we saw in the Drew Brees era. I think it's still going to be the Jawan Johnson uh, show. I do think that, you know, Jimmy Graham, you're going to see him in formations when the Saints get into the goal line. It's going to be more goal line formations. I think that he's definitely going to get some touchdowns, but this is a guy that if you're not like real, it's like an 8, 10, or 12-team format, this is really not a guy that I'm touching. If you're like in a 14-plus team, then I would definitely uh, look for it. I think that he's going to have some touchdown upside. I just don't think that he's going to play too much. Uh, I think that he's going to be out there whenever, like I mentioned, either in the red zone. I think that your primary tight ends on the Saints right now are Taysom Hill, your go-to gadget player, and then Jawan Johnson. Uh, Johnson had an insane 22 campaign, I think, with Derek Carr. He's shown that he likes uh, to throw it to the tight ends. Uh, so I think that at the very minimum, uh, Jimmy Graham would be worth a, a late flyer in deeper leagues. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's going to be used in more of a red zone package. So it's like a bye week. You need a tight end, maybe grab yeah. him if he's a free agent. Uh, last one from the from the work crew. Will Joe Matt Mixon have a standout year this year? Yeah, definitely keep an eye on the off the field issues. Uh, he's got some off the field trouble going on, but other than that, I am drafting Joe Mixon uh, this year with some confidence. He's the only fantasy running back last year to put up fifty plus points. He put up fifty five points in that one game. Uh, I think. Yeah, that, that was great to have him on my team at that point. Wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> I think that with the Bengals offense is the Bengals offense that I trust. So I'm not like I mentioned last week. I'm not too concerned about the Joe Burrow injury. I know that Jamar Chase said, "Hey, man." Don't show up until week six. We're good without you. Uh, but I think, that I think Burrow, Joe will be back. I think that he's going to be on the field in week one. I think uh, that's just a minimal cap strain. Uh, so I think that Joe Mixon uh, is really overshadowed. I think that a lot of people just – it's like Nick Chubb. Like, people don't want to draft these safe running backs. Uh, but I think that Joe Mixon is about as safe as you can get it. And they got rid of Samaj P. Ryan. So there's not many – not really anybody. They drafted Chase Brown, the running back out of Illinois. Uh, but I just think that Joe Mixon uh, – that's his offense. That's his backfield. Uh, so I would draft Mixon with confidence heading into the 2023 season. I like it. Well, as we're going throughout the show, yeah. you know, drop your questions in the chat. We'll stop. We'll stop whatever we're talking about. Answer them immediately. <laughs> um, some other NFL news. Alvin Kamara was suspended for the first three games of the season due to his, I think that was back in 2022, his uh, involvement in that altercation in Las, Las Vegas where he just snapped on that dude. Um Honestly, for the Saints, best case scenario, you knew he was going to get suspended. First three games, chalk it up. You sign Jamal Williams in the offseason. Kareem Hunt is currently meeting with the Saints also. Yeah, it sucks. You just lost Eno Benjamin. Uh who's our other guy? We got a we got a we got a third. Andre Miller. Yes, there you go. Uh out of T- TCU. Yep, TCU. Yeah. Um, so you got guys that can get you through those first three games. The big question, first three games, is going to be Derek Carr and his, and his uh, wide receiver wide receiver group. But Tyler, I mean, losing Alvin Kamara first three games does it hurt the Saints? I know it doesn't help the Saints, but is it really that big of a loss? I don't think it's that big of a loss because you've looked at the Saints uh, three games. It's going to be the Titans at home, the Packers on the road, and then the Panthers uh, on the road. I, I think that it's it's very manageable to go through those three games. You get them back at home uh, against uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, so I think that you saw Jamal Williams uh, of an insane uh, career that he 
you know, season that he had last season uh, with the Lions with 17 touchdowns. I don't think that's going to happen again, but I do think that he's going to be the RB1 for the first three weeks of the season. I think that you're going to see Miller as the RB2. It's definitely going to be interesting to see if, if Kareem Hunt takes his talents uh, down to the Big Easy. Uh, that's That would definitely be a huge signing. Uh, we, yep. get, we saw uh, Kareem Hunt and what he could do behind Nick Chubb. He was one of the most consistent RB2s that you can find uh, in the league. Uh, so that would definitely add some more depth uh, to the backfield. But I think that Alvin Kamara with three games, that's just really a slap on the wrist. It could have been much worse. It could have been six games. I think it was about right. I don't think he like what he did uh, back then, like two years ago in, in Vegas, wasn't warranted of anything more than a two or three game suspension. Uh, so I think the Saints are going to be just fine. If you get, you know, the first three games, a two and one record with Kamara coming back, then you're going to be sitting pretty. I really wish he'd have got that suspension last year. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it over with and when it was just throw it in the, yeah. the garbage year. NFL likes to drag these things out. Um, some conspiracy that since Sean Payton's no longer the coach, that's why it was three games. Because no, uh, no shock that Roger Goodell does not like Sean Payton very much. But to each its own. Uh, some other news: Mr. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant over there at the 49ers, says his elbow feels normal. He's not scared of taking hits. Um, as someone who I did not have direct Tommy John surgery, but I've uh, dealt with the injury in the past. It's more about just feeling confident that you can throw it. So that, that's kind of the biggest thing. Uh, but if he, he says he's confident, I think I think, he, I think he is. And him and Trey Lance, we battle in week one for the starting job. Tyler, who do you think gets that starting job? I think it's going to be Brock Purdy. Uh, I'm really not a big believer uh, in Trey Lance. Uh, I think that he's just another bust. I just, you know, he had a good okay. career in North, Carolina, North Dakota State. But we we saw this offense with Brock Purdy. You know, Jimmy G's scenario is long gone for them. I think that whenever they got rid of Jimmy G, they were all in on, on Brock Purdy. And just the value that they got with their Mr. Relevant pick, I think that Brock Purdy is definitely, you know, he's not like an elite-level quarterback of the Mahomes and Allens of the world, but he's a quarterback that can win you football games every week. And I think that this 49ers offense, you know, Christian McCaffrey with his full season – under Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think that he's going to be very late. We're seeing all this talk about Elijah Mitchell. I don't think he's going to be much of a worry. If you see Elijah Mitchell's uh, injury history, it's definitely a full book. The dude doesn't play. Yeah, he can't really stay on the field. I think that George Kittle, you know, you're going to have Debo Samuel back healthy. So I think that this offense is going to be very formidable looking at the NFC West. I think that Seattle Seahawks is about the only team that I'm really scared of in this division. I think that the 49ers defense, like I mentioned, is going to be one of the best. So I think it's going to be the Brock Purdy show. I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to have some fun. Uh, and, you know, if as long as he's healthy, I think that the 49ers is going to be right back in the NFC Championship. Yeah, 49ers are definitely a team that you want to stack your fantasy uh, team with, with their playmakers. Uh, if you, yeah, if you caught our, our show last season or missed or last episode or missed it, uh, you can catch our NFC West breakdown on our YouTube channel. Spoiler alert, I picked the Seattle Seahawks to win the division because I'm, uh, I'm thinking Gino's like going to do it. some things. Uh, so other uh, some preseason starters were announced. Uh, Panthers said they're rolling Bryce Young out there to start preseason game one, and I saw Derek Carr is also going to be starting game one. Um, I'm sure there were plenty of others. I uh, just didn't write them down. So uh, if you know of them, just throw them out there. Um, and then uh, Bolt take uh, – what is this comment from Neil? 
Oh, I Jay think they're just talking about the, the top 100 list that's been revealing. Got, yeah, was voted number two player in the league. Huh, who do, who do you think is number one? Patty Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, it's oh, not even close. I was about to say, if he's not on that list anywhere yet, he's definitely voted number yeah. one. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. I can um, see Jay Jett as being number one next year, though. Yeah, if he has another big season. You mentioned uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, a uh, headline I saw right before the show started. Him and Max Crosby got into it in training camp today. Uh, he apparently did not back down from, from the talk of Max Crosby, so – Maybe uh, maybe Jimmy G's on the who got that dog in him this week, but we'll find out here shortly. Um, and last headline, uh, Mike McCarthy sticking up for his QB, uh, Dak Prescott down there in Dallas, uh, mentions them in the same breath as Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, and Joe Montana. I don't know what games he was watching back then, but, uh, I mean, Dak's a decent quarterback, probably middle tier. Um, at his best, Aaron Rodgers was one of the best in the league. Brett Favre was definitely one of the best in the league. And I mean, Joe Montana has got an argument for one of the best quarterbacks to ever played the game. So, uh, Mike McCarthy, you must be smoking whatever Aaron Rodgers got because I, I don't know what he's talking about over there. I mean, Tyler, is there even an argument to be made? No, not at all. And especially from a guy coming that literally coached Aaron Rodgers for, for quite some time, just baffling me. I, I get, you know, you're a head coach. You want to talk over your quarterback. He's now the right. offense coordinator. Mike McCarthy is going to be calling the plays uh, since Kel Moore is now with the Chargers. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott, like you mentioned, he's a decent quarterback. You know, we saw at Mississippi State. Uh, he was really good. It's like the best thing that Mississippi State football has ever gotten, you know, from him. Uh, but, you know, I think that, as long as he can keep the turnovers down, I think that he he's a really solid quarterback. He's one of those middle tier quarterbacks. He's like a Kirk Cousins, pretty much. You know, maybe I would put Kirk Cousins ahead of him, uh, but I definitely think that Dak Prescott. You know, he's just you know, the Cowboys have been a consistent winner in the past couple of years. I think that he's a big part of that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's he's getting it done for the Cowboys, and there was that talk of the potentially not re-signing him or get, getting him his extension, and that was. Uh, I didn't know how it felt about that, but it's uh, – I mean, he's not – he can't be He mentioned in the same breath as some of the, the mm. better quarterbacks to play the game. Um, I mean, right now, out of the 32 quarterbacks, I'd probably rank him smack dab in the middle at 16. You never know what you're going to get when he runs out there. He might come out – because weren't the Cowboys firing like on all cylinders at uh, you know beginning of the season and they kind of fell off and he, he just – Some games they can. I remember yeah. the Vikings game, they put up 40 points. Yeah, he's just too inconsistent. So it's uh it's tough to tough to know what he's gonna do. Um let's see, any other football news? I don't have anything on my list. We are we had the uh the Hall of Fame game. That was uh I saw today was more uh, two point three million, maybe. I don't remember the exact number. Uh more viewers in the NBA finals uh from this past season. So that's a shocker. Um we had the I don't even remember. I didn't even watch it, so I couldn't tell you who was in it. I don't know if you watched it either. The Jets versus the Browns? Yes. Uh, the Jets ended up winning that, didn't they? I think the Browns, the Browns won 21-16. to 16. I think the Browns came back with DTR as their quarterback, and he led, and that, led that final drive. So uh, I don't think DTR is going to be beating out Deshaun Watson anytime soon, but uh, good to know you got a guy right behind him that can – do his thing in case Deshaun Watson wants to do his thing in the massage parlor. So be careful out there. Uh, but talking about doing your thing, let's get to who got that dog out. 
who got that dog in them? Uh, of course, we'll have to get our co-host. Uh, we'll have to get them to send their picks in uh, for the Twitter poll. But let us know who got that dog in them in the chat. Uh, leave your comment. But Tyler, I'll let you start. Who got that dog in this week? Yeah, I'm going to go on the diamond again, uh, but it's not really on the diamond. You could pretty much put this uh, in the you know in the wrestling match. Uh, I'm going to go with Jose Ramirez. <laughs> he got a little debacle going on between the White Sox and the Guardians. Tim Anderson uh, didn't like uh, – I think it was uh, more of Jose Ramirez, the slide that he did on Tim Anderson, even though that Tim Anderson literally did the same slide a, a week ago. But Tim Anderson didn't like it. Both of them – Jose Ramirez uh, had some words from him then, all right. <laughs> and then Tim Anderson's like, all right, come on, put yeah. your hands up. He's and then the after one that's a, squared it's up like first. a split second. <laughs> and then Jose Ramirez knocks him to the ground. So yeah. for that, Jose Ramirez, he's a heck of a baseball player. He's also a heck of a boxer. So maybe one of these done with baseball, we'll see him in the ring. You know, get Jake Paul versus Jose Ramirez and see who wins. So Jose Ramirez got that dog in him. I mean, he might have uh... – he might have been watching the Jake Paul documentary, got yeah. early access to it. Um, there was a meme I saw, and I I gotta find I gotta find it on Twitter. I'm looking right now uh, because he, it cracked me up. I don't know if I'm gonna find it. Oh, but I did see Jose Ramirez's agent put out a picture of him the next day. He was wearing boxing gloves on the field. I saw that. So that was uh, I, that was nice to see. Uh, but I mean, Tim Anderson. Look, dude, I like you. He's one of my, uh, one of my, one of my guys on uh, on the White Sox. Since I have that that random White Sox hat, if you're gonna square up, you better be ready to throw down. You can't be getting knocked on your ass with one punch. Like, come on, man. I, I mean, it was like put in reverse. Did you see the way he was moving after? He was like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, he got him all right on the chin and just sweet chin music knocked him to the ground. It's got to be embarrassing. Yeah, no, uh, he was not in the lineup the next day. I tell you that. I I saw that come out. Yeah, because he's on the protocol. Yeah, somebody else was playing shortstop. Um, My dog of the week goes over to the lift door. I know, look, I'm wearing a PGA hat, PGA championship hat right now. They got an agreement. It's pretty much the same. I'm going to talk about the live tour for a second. Bryson DeChambeau uh, had, has had his ups and downs. Um, he went from being a pretty decent player to all of a sudden chasing distance and his one-length irons and his science behind everything. Um, kind of being like a weirdo uh, to most people, just to, couldn't have a conversation with him. Joins Liv. I think for him, it was probably one of his better moves to join Liv. And he kind of changed changed his body. Went back to just solely focused on golf and not trying to hit it as far as possible. And his game has changed. He's been competing in majors. I heard an interview with him, kind of changed my perspective on him. Uh, he realized what he was doing wasn't working and that he needed to make a change. He goes out and he shoots a 58 on Sunday to win the most recent Liv event. Dude, most – Four-man scrambles don't even shoot 58s, and that's with the mulligan on each hole. Like, that is insane. So, hats off to you, Bryson. I'll take my PJ Tour hat off to you. 58, congrats to having that dog in you. And then we got Neil, uh, NASCAR Neil, of course, with RFK Racing Team. Uh, that come, Yes, I like our – we need that sound effect every time I get the NASCAR Neil update. Uh, comeback as a team is real. So we'll get into that when we get to the NASCAR Neil updates. So um, with that being said, Tyler, let's let's kick off our college football. Uh, of course, like I said, if you've got uh, 
you know, fantasy football questions, keep them rolling in. College football, we're going to start with our Big 12 preview. We've hit all the conferences. Uh, more like the Big 14. Uh, as I was doing my research, went from 10 to 14 this year. Um, of course, we're going to do it how we've been doing it, over, under. A uh, quick little, you know, statement, what we think. So let's start it off with the team that finished DFL in the Big 12 last year. Uh, Iowa State, I'm looking at you, four and eight, Tyler. Uh, they're over under set at five and a half. You think they get that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely uh, like uh, their head coach uh, with Campbell there. Uh, but, you know, Iowa State, I feel like I say it every, every time that we're doing this preview, that there's always a team to look out for. If you know far upset alert picks, Iowa State yep. is always one of those teams. Uh, but I just feel like the Big 14, the Big 12, whatever you want to call it, the Big 16. It'll be like the Big 25. By conference then. realignment that's been going on, which we'll get to it, uh, in a second. Uh, but I just feel like it's just like too many good teams uh, for Iowa State to have, you know, a 6-6 six and six type season. So I'm going to go right with 4-8. and eight. I think that it's going to be the same old, same old. You know, ever since they lost Brock Purdy, you know, I'm going to say right now, I don't really, really know much about this Iowa State team. Uh, me neither. I wrote rebuild. Team with much the of, the bottom of, the, of the Big 12, so sorry, Cyclone fans. Uh, but I just think that it's pretty much going to be the same uh, thing. They'll probably, yeah, yeah. you know, they have that game that they always look forward to, Iowa versus Iowa State. I don't even think that they're going to win that one. I think that Iowa's offense uh, with Caden McNamara there is going to be better this year, better by like seven points. Uh, but I think that Iowa State goes right at the four wins and will probably be the bottom dwellers uh, along with maybe one okay. of these uh, new schools coming in. Yep, so we're both on the under over there. Uh, let's see. We'll go – well, no, new school, UCF, 9-5 and five last year. Uh, their over-under is set at 6.5. Of course, they have first-year coach Gus – is it Gus Malzahn's first year? It's uh, like his second year. Yeah, that's what I thought, second year. Uh, Second-year head coach, Gus Mazon, and John Rice Plumley, the old Miss transfer from a couple of years ago, starting at quarterback, uh, six-and-a-half. Tyler, you think they get it done in the Big 12, leaving the AAC, right, American yeah. Athletic Conference? Yeah, so I'm going to be interesting to them. You know, I think that UCF is one of those uh, football schools that I think that we've been waiting in the wings for, you know, after that uh, season that they were trying to claim a national championship uh, yeah. with Scott Frost. If they were, you know, worthy of moving from the group of five to the power five, uh, now they get to show it. I think that out of all the, the newcomers, I think that UCF has the best opportunity uh, to do really good uh, in year number one, especially with John Ross Plumley uh, being their quarterback. He's a dual threat quarterback. Uh, you know, he can throw the ball, but I think that he's an elite level. Uh, he's got elite level speed. He can take off oh, yeah. and run. It's hard to catch him. So I think that this offense is going to travel. In the Big 12, I think that their defense, I, I think that it has to improve if they want to win some games uh, in the Big 12. There's some improving defenses. You know, Texas Tech's defense is improving. You got Texas and Oklahoma at the top. So I, I think that they get eight wins. I'm going to give them eight wins. I think that this is going to be one of those new schools uh, that gets the most out of them and, and, you know, really stamps their mark on the Big 12. I think that UCF could, you know, fall with Texas and Oklahoma. I think that UCF is one of those schools – they're in Orlando, then the state of Florida. I think with the recent struggles of Florida and Miami, UCF really has an opportunity to take recruiting, over yeah. in recruiting. So I think that UCF is slowly going to turn to a powerhouse. Um, I want to agree with you, but for uh, you know differences, I'm going to say they suck it up this year <laughs> okay. and finish on the bottom. 
uh, and wish they could go back to the American Athletic Conference. Uh, let's go Baylor, six and seven last year, losing season after going, I think, 12 and two a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, they're definitely rebuilding as well. Uh, seven and a half, so they're over under. Yes or no? Yeah, it's definitely changed in the offseason. You know, we were talking about Baylor being a top 10 team coming off of winning the Big 12, and then they just fall flat on their face. You know, I didn't really think that they would fall flat on their face this hard to go in six and seven. I thought that they would be like a seven win or an eight win team. I just don't think that that happens again. I think that Dave Veranda is too good of a coach for that to happen. I think that defense is going to win the ball games. Every I think that where their main concerns is on the offensive side of the ball. I think that they could definitely yep, run yep. the football, but they have to have better quarterback play uh, at, at the quarterback position uh, this year if they want to win some games. You know, we're seeing all these Big 12 schools uh, really dive into the recruiting and getting these elite level quarterbacks. Just look at Texas. I know it's just a one-year deal for them. They don't have to deal with them long, uh, but, you know, they got – Arch Manning coming in there. Uh, so I think that Baylor is going to be an, an eight-win team. I think that they get right back on track. I don't think that's going to be like that Big 12 championship vibes. I think that they could definitely be one of those sleeper teams to get there. Uh, but I think that the Baylor Bears, uh, with their defense, I think that their offense is going to improve this year. So give me eight wears, eight wins uh, for the Bears. All right. I, uh, I, I'm i going over as well. I feel good about all the Waco Baylor Bears. So – uh, and back to another new team, BYU, went eight and five last year. I don't want any explanation. I just want straight off the top of your head, over under six. What is it? I think under. I think that uh, with okay. okay, under. Okay, well, I, yeah, <laughs> no, you can explain now. I just wanted to hit you straight up. Uh, they got a, a transfer quarterback from Pittsburgh coming in. Uh, I mean, I think it's just going to be a shock to the culture. Yeah, uh, I definitely think so. Time. You know, we saw BYU uh, really take it to Baylor. They uh, they were able to beat Baylor uh, in Provo uh, last season. They also faced off against Oregon. You know, this was a BYU team that was getting a lot of hype to start the season. They were undefeated. They lost the Oregon game. Uh, they beat Baylor. Uh, and then after that, they just completely fell off the rails. So I think that their defense – has, has to improve. Their defense was probably one of the worst uh, in the country last season. I do think with the offense, you're going to have some new questions with the transfer quarterback, but I think that their offense is going to be good enough, uh, but I don't think it's going to be good enough in the Big 12 like this. Uh, give me five wins. I think that it's hard for me to put them above oh, Iowa State because yeah. Iowa State's been in this conference, but I, I just feel like BYU is going to get at least like one or two wins, and we're going to look back. What? How the heck did they beat this team? But I think that BYU gets to five. Okay, somebody I'm high on, Kansas. Kansas. Six and seven last year, but remember they lost Jalen Daniels after they won six straight games. Uh, I think that's when they lost them. Um, so he's coming back as their starting quarterback. They're over under set at six and a half. I'm going over. I think that this is a potential eight, nine win team. Yeah, I mean, Kansas was literally the hype of college football. They got into the AP poll. They hosted college game day. They were 6-0. and yeah. And then what happens? They face TCU. And then after that, it's the same old Kansas. They give out 40-plus points to Oklahoma. Like, what are you doing? It's like, what the heck? I was like, I think that Kansas with Jalen Daniels, I think that he's could honestly be the best quarterback in the Big 12. I think that Quinn Ewers is right up there along. Dylan Gabriel, too. But I think that Jalen Daniels, we saw him when he was healthy. He carried this Kansas offense. The defense, oh, for sure. The man was better. Superman. They have to get better. I hate to be crazy, but I'm going to say nine wins. I don't care. I, I don't I don't call care. Call me crazy. Nine wins. Let's do it, Tyler. Nine wins. Let's do it. Let's get on the Kansas Cash. side. Kansas has always Cash been one of my favorite teams. 
you know, with all the crap that their fan base has gone through, I think that they deserve a better bowl than the Liberty Bowl. Uh, so I think that they get nine wins. I just think that okay. you know they're one of they're going to be one of the better offenses uh, in the Big Twelve. So give me Kansas. I like nine. it. I like it. Uh, let's go Kansas State. Uh, of course, they lose Deuce Vaughn, uh, mm. but they are bringing My their favorite. quarterback back. I know uh, they went ten and four last year. Uh, won the Big Twelve uh, uh, tournament or Big Twelve championship. Uh, <laughs> We're still in the baseball mine. Yeah, and they ten ten and four last year, eight and five is their or eight eight and a half is their over under. Can't speak. What do you think, Tyler? Without yeah, this long, do they get to nine? Yeah, that's definitely tough for me to answer. I, I you know Kansas State uh, feels like the same of TCU. You know they you know TCU's losing some offense production. You know without Deuce Vaughn, how's where's Kansas State's going to turn to their running game? I do think that Will Howard, he's coming back. We saw Will Howard, you know, Adrian Martinez uh, started the first couple of games uh, in the season. Then we saw Will Howard, and, and Will Howard was really fantastic for them. I think that yep. with their defense, they're, they're losing Julius Brent. So he was their leader of the secondary. I'm going to go right at eight wins, so at eight and a half, I'm going to go for under. I don't think it's going to be that bad of a football team. I don't think it's going to be that sudden of a drop-off. I think that Kansas State's always a team that has Oklahoma's number. Uh, so, but they don't face uh, against each other uh, this year. Uh, so, I think that Kansas State is one of the teams that's always consistent. Love their head coach uh, coming from North Dakota State. So, I'm going to go with Kansas State with eight wins, but it would not shock me if they get to nine. Okay, uh, back to Kansas real quick. We got our friends over at Week Zero Productions. Check Maybe. them out. They uh, they predicted Kansas will go nine, three, ten, and two. So oh, they're so all the ticket with us. Cash it, man. Um, yeah, I mean, Dale, I uh, place Daniels <laughs> was an odds favorite to win the Heisman uh, last year until he got hurt. So keep that in mind. Um, next on the list, uh, Oklahoma State, just because Wade commented Stillwater. <laughs> I saw it just pop up. Uh, they went seven and six last year. They're over under set at six and a half. They're in the midst of a QB battle with not much defense on the other side. So Tyler, six and a half. Yes or no? Yeah, Spencer Sanders being there, uh, there's going to be a lot of question marks in Stillwater. I did not trust this defense. Uh, last year, they lost a lot in their secondary. With seven wins, I think they're a 6-6 six and six team. It feels like I have to get at least one Big 12 team at 500. I hate to do it. Mike Gundy is one of my favorite college football coaches, especially with his one of his uh, quotes that he had. And I'm 40. I'm a man. But I don't think that he's gonna get to. I think he's gonna get the six wins. It's not gonna be too happy uh, about Stillwater. It's gonna be the same vibes as their baseball team. Uh, I think that uh, they go six and six. Hey, they're really good at golf, so they got that going. Yeah, they're good, Ricky Fowler. Um. So let's see, TCU, the big oh, dogs, boy. made it to the semifinals. Went thirteen to two, but of course they lost their entire team. Uh, after the season for the most part seven and five tyler i'm getting the under i feel some under vibes here what do you think yeah this is a lot of offensive production uh you're losing your starting quarterback you're losing one of your best receivers quentin johnson and then you're losing one of your best running backs yeah and then on defense i think that you were pretty good but you also lost one of your top quarterbacks Uh, so this feels like it's going to come back down to earth uh, for TCU. This is going to be another 6-6 six and six team. I don't think that they're going to be that bad enough to miss out on a bowl game, but it's going to be back to reality. I think that TCU, like I mentioned, 
has an opportunity, like you know, like uh, you know, UCF to become a juggernaut. You know, they did it back then in the Mountain West with Boise State. I think that with a couple of recruiting, like once you make it to the national championship, I feel like you need like two more years to get back to that. So I think that TCU is feels right at six and six. Okay. Okay. And uh, let's go. Who's feeling lucky? Um, <laughs> keep it in Texas. Let's go Houston. New okay. team to the league, eight and five last year. Uh, they're over under a set at four and a half. Oh, my. Eight win season. But you got to keep in mind their defense led up 32 oh, points per game, which is pretty pretty on par for the Big, big 12. Uh, and they have a transfer quarterback from Texas Tech. Four and a half, just because I'm in Houston right now. Let's give them five wins. Tyler, do you agree with me? We'll see. Uh, like, I feel like a lot of teams in the Big 12 are losing uh, at least a quarterback or, or wide receiver. Houston's losing both. Uh, Clayton Toon yeah. is drafted. He's gone. Tank Dell is drafted. He's gone. Like you mentioned, their defense is like one of the worst. Uh, it's right up there in the Big 12. I'm going to go under. I think that they're going to get last in the Big 12. It's going to be mm -hmm. a, a culture shock for them. I know that Dana, Dana Holgerson, uh, he's been there at West Virginia, but I don't think it's going to be a really good year for the boys down there in H-Town. I'm going to give them a three-win season. I hate to do it for them, uh, but I just feel like they're just the way too many teams that are that are already a step ahead of them. Okay, okay, I, I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, Cincinnati, uh, the last new team to join the Big 12 in 9-4 last year, they're over under is set at four and a half. And I think it's because their starting quarterback is most likely to be Florida and Arizona State transfer Emory Jones. Um, and they have a brand new coach, brand new coach, brand new conference, brand new quarterback. It's a recipe for disaster. I'm giving them two wins on the season. Mm, the Bearcats falling down to grace after losing Luke Fickle and Emory Jones is going to come out of the the wound, and then get the starting quarterback role. You know, Cincinnati is is one of those teams uh, that I've been so high on the past couple of years, but I, it's because of Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle, wherever he goes. Luke just Fickle the pickle. Oh, well, yeah. Man with the nickel. <laughs> Bring that up again. I think that their defense uh, is definitely going to travel for them, but they lost their he defensive coordinator. I think that they're going to be right there with Houston with three wins. I think that Cincinnati okay. and Houston are going to be the bottom two teams, uh, bringing up the caboose in the Big 12. All right, uh, another caboose team, West Virginia University, went five and seven last year. Uh, they're over under set at four and a half. I don't know anything about them. I'm getting over. Give them five. Sure, country roads take me home. That's about the only oh. thing that they got going for them because JT Daniels, I thought that he was going to be their starting quarterback for a couple of years. He was like, okay, I'll just go ahead and use my 10th year eligibility and go to Rice. Uh, so, they have another uh, quarterback situation brewing on. Their defense uh, has – I mean, I feel like every Big 12 defense, unless your name yeah, Texas true. or Oklahoma, you got some work to do. Uh, so, I'm going to go with four. I think that they're going to be better than Cincinnati and Houston. I think they're going to be right up there with Iowa State. I think that this is going to be another top-heavy uh, conference. So, I think that West Virginia, with the lack of offense, uh, is really going to hurt them in the Big 12. Okay, okay. Um uh... We'll leave Oklahoma and Texas for last, but I got to ask you about Texas Tech. Ooh. Uh, eight and five last year. Seven and five is their over under. They finished the season beating Ole Miss in the bowl game. I mean, they finished the, just the end of the season on a high note. I'm, I'm giving them nine wins. I think Texas Tech is a sneaky team to watch out for to win the Big 12 this year. 
Yeah, this is my team, my dark horse team that can win the Big 12. I think that they blew the doors off of Ole Miss. I don't know if you watched oh, it. It wasn't Texas even a Bowl, game. But they put up 42 on them. I think that with the starting quarterback, he's experienced. I think that their defense is improving. Last year, we saw it from week one all the way to the – I mean, last season, they beat a Texas team that everybody was talking about. You know, oh, they lost by one point to Alabama. They're so good. And then Texas Tech, you know, goes in overtime and be like, oh, no thanks. Uh, so I think that Texas Tech, I'm going to give them nine wins. I want to give them ten wins. I think that's a little bit too far. I do think that nine wins, I think that Texas Tech is going to be one of those teams that you do not want to see on your schedule every Saturday. So I'm going to go with Wreckham. Wreckham, okay, out there in Lubbock. Uh, let's go Oklahoma. Last year, pretty bad season, six and seven with Brentville, Vintables, however you say it. Vintables. Vintables with his first year as head coach. Uh, look at about – bounce back they got some good guys out of the portal they got dylan gabriel returning at quarterback they're over under jumps up to nine and a half are you drinking the sooner kool-aid before they join the sec yeah you're wondering in brent venable's uh career was not very good especially on the defensive side of the ball you would not ever think that that defense would be that bad under brent venables i don't think that happens again in year number two with dylan gabriel Coming back, he's he's experienced, you know, coming from UCF. He's going to be facing UCF. That's going to be a story yep, to watch yep. uh, this season. So I think that their offense is going to travel. I think that their defense is going to improve. They lost a lot of games uh, that were very close this season. I just don't think that that narrative happens again this season. I think that this is a team that completely flips the script. Give me 10 wins for the Sooners. I think they get back on track. Okay. Dylan Gabriel is the guy that got his, like, no, that's McKenzie Milton. No, yeah, yeah that's McKenzie Milton. He torn off. Um, all right, last one. Texas. Oh, We're going horns up or horns down. Eight and five last year. Over under is also set at nine and five. I mean, are you rolling with the mullet with Quentin Ewers? <laughs> are you thinking Arch Man is going to start? I mean, they almost beat Alabama in Austin. They got him in Tuscaloosa this year. Nine and a half, Tyler, over under. I feel like every year they're saying, Texas, we're back. And then every year they're going like eight and four and seven and five. Uh, it's just like one, or, one of these years, Texas has to do it. And it's got to be now before they get to the SEC because they're not going to be doing it over there. I'm going to tell you right now, Texas fans are going to be like, oh, yeah, we are. No, the heck you're not. Uh, you know, the Big 12 from the SEC is completely different. Um, I think, you know, Quinn Ewers, um, asking your question, he's going to be the starter. Arch Man will be the starter in the future. He's going to get his time, but it's Quinn Ewers' time. I think that there's no way that they beat Alabama on the road. I mean, Not they couldn't beat them at home with B. John Robinson, the star power they had on offense. I do think that Texas's defense is going to be the best uh, in the Big 12 uh, this season. And losing B. John Robinson, that's like a hard. generational talent that you have to – to improve on uh so this is a team that i'm gonna go ahead and say that's gonna get to 10 wins but they're probably gonna let me down and, and lose to a team that they shouldn't so i'm gonna go with the over go with 10 wins i'm always horns down tyler but yeah i picked them to win the big 12 and uh the guest uh, appearance i made on uh what's yet to come out come out in a couple weeks uh, on bellyupsports.com there's writing an article pulled together some some host podcasts give our predictions so make sure you you stay uh tuned in for that um so that pretty much wraps up the big 12 big 14 big 16 whatever you really want to call it hey uh, our friends at week zero i mentioned them earlier they put out a college football pump-up video 
we put out a pump-up video. Watch them both. Stream them both. Send them to your, your grandparents, to your cousins, your aunts, and your uncles. Make sure you get hyped up for college football season. And, yeah, maybe we will collaborate sometime. We'll have to stay for in sure. touch. So, um, I mentioned all the Big 20 conference realignment. Let's start with the Big 12. Um, Arizona is set to join the Big 12 in 2024. Colorado will be joining the Big 12 in 2024. Utah and Arizona State will be joining the Big 12 in 2024. Who else isn't joining the Big 12 in 2024? I mean, Tyler, that makes it the Big 20, right? Does it matter? One, two, three, four. Yeah. They got 16 or they got 14. 14, right and then you lose in okay. two in Texas, Oklahoma. <laughs> so I guess you're the big 16. Something like that. Are they going to change the name of these conferences? Uh, I feel like if you're asking the question to Wade, he would go on a, a big old rant about saying like the Big 10 should be like the Big 14 and then the Big 12 should be the It'd Big be the, 16 and then yeah. the Pac, Pac 12 should be Pac the four. four. <laughs> what do you do? I don't know. I don't. I don't know hey, if they're going to change the names really or not, you guys. So, uh, but I mean, which which team makes the most sense to you joining joining the Big Twelve? Well, I feel like in a football aspect, I feel like Utah for me makes the most sense to me. I think that Utah it, it was one of those teams, you know, with Kyle Winningham. I, I just feel like they're they're going to take over the Big Twelve. I feel like that defense always comes to play. Their offense, this is going to be Cam Risen's uh, last year, uh, so they're going to have to, you know, reload at the quarterback position. But once you get into a conference like the Big 12, I feel like you that's whenever – it's going to be hard, but, you know, you have TCU. I feel like TCU is going to be, like, staking their claim uh, in the state of Texas. It's going to be hard for, you know, like the Utahs, the Arizonas to, like, come over here, you know, all the way to Arizona from Texas. Uh, but I do think, you know, the California talent, is definitely going to be there. We'll see, you know, the California town either wants to go play in the snow or they want to, you know, keep playing in the warmer temperatures yeah. uh, in the Big 12. Uh, so I think for football purposes, uh, Utah basketball purposes, I'll go Arizona. I think that Arizona Big 12 is already a, a great basketball conference. And then baseball, give me Arizona again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, a lot of people think like all these conference realignments, they immediately think football, and it's like, oh, they play once a week, no big deal. But you got to think about some of these basketball schools, softball, yeah. baseball, they're playing multiple days. They got classes. I mean, it's going to be tough for them to travel cross country. So we'll see if they can come up with a solution for that. Maybe some more private planes. Uh, you mentioned the Big Ten, Oregon and Washington set to join the Big Ten. Was that, is that next year as well? Is that 2024? Is all this happening next year? I believe so. Yeah, so it only uh, makes sense if it happened in one year and not be all scattered throughout. So we got USC, UCLA, uh, Oregon, and Washington. Anybody else I'm missing that's joining the Big Ten? I think that's about it. Okay, so the Big 14 will be forming. Um, and then, I mean, what's next for the Pac-12? Do they just get absorbed into other? Uh, I mean, other schools, the ACC is trying to get Cal and Stanford to join them. So then you're looking at the Pac-2. I mean, what are the last two teams left remaining? Oh, it's going to be Oregon State and Washington State. So, I mean, they're just going to go independent like Notre Dame. Just say, I no think they either go independent out. or join the Mountain West. I feel like that's about the it's only two scenarios that you have. You know, the Mountain West is definitely a conference. So I think that could definitely expand. If you're Mountain West, you're calling up North Dakota State right now. 
and trying oh, to yeah. be that next group of five. I think that North Dakota State, they don't even need to be in the FCS. They've already proven that they're a dynasty. Why don't you go prove it in the group of five? But, you know, they've yeah. already proved it, that they can beat, you know, Boise State. I think that Boise State right now is like the class of the Mountain West. You know, Fresno State won that division last season. Air Force is one of those teams. So I think that Oregon State, you know, it could definitely be one of those teams. I know it's a definitely a drop-off, you know, from the Pac-12 era a power five going to a group of five, but there's really no other options. You either go independent. I just don't think that the ACC, it's definitely interesting that they want Cal and Stanford. I feel like they just want those two schools for academics. You know, don't get me wrong. Cal's good at some good sports. Uh, Stanford is known for their, you know, women's basketball, uh, you know, football at some times. They've been really good baseball too. Uh, So, I just don't think that the ACC is going to call up Washington State and Oregon State anytime soon. So it's either independent or Mountain West for those two remaining schools, if Cal and Stanford do agree to the ACC. But I could also see a, a school like Florida State trying to dip uh, and go somewhere else like the SEC. Yeah, I mean, the SEC's potential to expand. Um, I think they ought to just blow it up and make it just brand new, uh, just make it NFL style there. So, well, I mean, more is yet to come. We can't tell the yeah. future. We try to, but there's more yet to come. I'm just looking forward to what they, they come up for names for all these conferences. Um, it would Our be big pack dream is dead. I know. I wish we could have the big pack. Uh, just like I wish I could have a Big Mac right now. Um, <laughs> it would be college football without a preseason top 25 poll. So, I'm going to rattle them off real quick to you. Georgia, number one, no surprise. Michigan, number two, a little bit of surprise. Alabama, number three, more surprise there. Um, Ohio State, number four. LSU, number five. Uh, USC, number six. Penn State, shout out Jacob, number seven. Florida State, number eight. Clemson at number nine. Tennessee at 10, which uh, tickles my fancy there. I'm surprised (laughs) to see them that high. Washington uh, with Mr. Penix at 11. Uh, Mm. Hordesdown, Texas at number 12. Notre Dame is at 13, Oklahoma 14, Oregon Ducks 15, TCU 16, which I guess makes sense, but I don't think they're staying. They're not going to be there for much longer. (laughs) Kansas State 17, Oregon State uh, at 18. What did they finish last year? What was their record? Uh, 10 and 4, I believe. Okay, okay. Oklahoma, which is a shocker, 19 after having a losing season last year. Um, North Carolina, 20. I feel like that's a little too uh, far. Wisconsin, 21. Ole Miss, 22. Tulane, 23. Tulane with some love. Watch uh, out Texas, for the Greenies. Texas Tech, 24. And then A&M at 25. A&M can't just they, – they, they just can't stay out of the top 25 preseasons. I'm surprised they're not ranked number eight or something. <laughs> Tyler, I mean, I listed about 25 teams. What are some that stand out that you think are too high or too low? I think Washington is is too well. I don't 11. know. If it, yeah, I don't like them being so. I think that they should be in the top ten. There's no okay. way that Tennessee. I know that I you know Tennessee would do a million there, but I just feel like Washington with Michael Penix and that defense, uh, they're gonna be you know the class of USC and the Pac-12. You know Alabama being number three, I'm fine with them being at number three. You know they're just gonna the be in the top five. Whoever's at quarterback, either. 
Um, other ones, uh, I think, you know, Michigan definitely deserves to be their top three. Ohio State, I think that they're going to be one of those teams uh, that have some question marks. Uh, Oregon State, I think that they're – I think that overall this – I don't really have any questions about it. I think that my only concern is, is Washington. I think that, but I'm drinking a lot of Kool-Aid of, of Washington. You know, I, I have Michael Penix win the Heisman this year, winning the Pac-12 as well. Uh, so I think that other than that, I think that, you know, the coaches poll, the AP poll should be coming out in a couple of weeks. I think that that's going to be one of those. I mean, that's what they use in the first couple of weeks. So I'm interested to see what I mean, the, the AP does. So I think that the coaches, they're smart. The AP, though, once you get their poll, uh, we're going to have a lot of head scratchers. I could already tell it. Yeah, this was the AFCA coaches poll. I don't mean, yeah. you know what that stands for, so take it what you will. It's just a poll for us to I look at. I don't know. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up the, the football talk. We got a, I've got a, I've got a book from NASCAR. And, you know, a lot happened this weekend. They had some, uh, some Hall of Fame stuff, some drama. So, uh, Tyler, you got anything else from the NFL or uh, college football? Yeah, we don't just have excited uh, for the season. Yeah, just excited for the season. Uh, draft season with fantasy football uh, coming up. I'm just uh, ready for this uh, draft preparedness uh, to be over with. Uh, I do have. A question uh, for you. I, it's not for anybody else, uh, but okay. I asked this last year, and I, everybody was like, "Oh, you're taking inventory." But uh, you know, we're a couple of weeks away from our draft. What is you know your ideal strategy uh, that you're thinking of going into the draft, and who's like your top three picks? You know, you have pick number two. Who's your top three players that that you have in mind taking at that at that spot? Uh, and also so, for those in our league, if you want to answer that too, go ahead. Uh, like I said. Uh, when I was asked that in our group chat for our fantasy football league, I'm looking at Matt Ryan. Um, I, I think he's really going to lead lead the league, um, and and potentially someone like a, a who's a good running. No, I'm joking. I, I I will I will be honest with you. Um, of course, if uh, Wade would listen to me and draft Travis Kelsey at number one, I'm taking Justin Jefferson. But I think it's going to end up being Jamar Chase. Um, and I did a mock draft, and I liked it. So I'll give you my top three from this mock draft. It was Justin okay. Jefferson. Well, I was just Derek looking for your top three candidates at pick two, but this works. Okay, well, Justin No, go Jefferson. ahead. If you're already going to start, you might as well. Yeah, top, top three picks from the mock draft. Round one, Justin Jefferson. Round two, Derek Henry. Round three, C.D. Lamb. I think that's pretty good. Oh. I was surprised C.D. Lamb fell that far to three, but, you know. It's the mock draft. These people yeah. are idiots. I think so I, I pretty is. much zoned in on who I'm taking at three. You gonna let the people know? Christian McCaffrey is gonna be my pick at pick number three. The breaking news: Fantasy football expert Tyler is picking Christian McCaffrey at number three. I don't care about everyone's trying to say, "Oh, Elijah Mitchell this and Elijah Mitchell that." Have you, like I said, that man cannot stay on the field. I know everyone wants to bring up the injury history of CMC, but he's the best running back in fantasy football. So if that happens, whatever. I'll just have Tony Pollard as my number two. There you go. All right, so let's get down to O'Neal going. Uh, Chris uh, Busher won back-to-back race. I thought that name looked familiar. And the rain delayed race to finish up today at Michigan. It seems that the four cars have found some speed late in the season. Four tough. Uh, Truex Jr. dominated the stage, getting the stage point. Uh, both Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott wrecked in stage one and bad wrecks, taking their cars to the garage. Elliott now must win the next race to make the playoff. Uh, pressure's on there, buddy. 
William Byron hit the wall coming to the end of stage one and failed to get the car fixed before on damage clock ending his day. Um, Truex started stage two in 30th, got up to fourth in just 24 laps, and the caution came out in lap 102 with drivers needed uh, stage points stayed out where others pitted. Um, last, last week's winner, Chris Busher, found some speed in stage three and had the lead over Truex for most of the race. They battled back and forth for 40 laps, but ultimately Truex could not end up catching him. Um, that's Neil's favorite favorite racer right there. That's why I know who he is. Overall, great battle uh, between the two that is can't miss racing. In other news, uh, Noah Graxon, the driver of the 42, got indefinitely suspended by NASCAR and his team Legacy for liking in a fits of meme and replaced by Josh Berry for the weakest race. That's pretty crazy. They suspended him, uh, I guess, for, for liking something on Twitter. That was offensive, and they said, no way, Jose, you're out of here. Uh, and then it was also announced that Troops Jr. signed a one-year extension with Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, and then looking at the playoff bubble, you have Bubba Wallace at 15th. Uh, Ty Gibbs moves up to 16th. And 17 and 18 are close to the line with Michael Badal and Daniel Suarez, or Suarez, I'm sorry, battling that out. Three races left to go. Brad Kay and Kevin Harvick should clinch a spot next week with decent running and a repeat winner. Uh, they also had NASCAR Hall of Fame, just like they had Football Hall of Fame. Um, the ballot was announced for next year with the uh, modern ballot inductees being Jimmy Johnson and Chad Naws getting in on the first ballot. And what was shocking to most Jimmy, to most Jimmy Johnson was not a unanimous decision, uh, despite being the most accomplished driver in his century with seven championships and five straight. Um, he's joined by crew chief Chad Noss, who was one of the best at working around the rules and a lot of times caused more rules to be written. So he breaks the rules just, or maybe bends them a little bit. And Donnie Allison was a member of the famous Alabama gang, got in on the pioneer ballot. So thank you, NASCAR. Neil, we'll have him on in a couple of weeks to break down the playoffs, uh, right before we get into the football season. Um, and they end up in the championship season for NASCAR. So Tyler. Uh, I promised the viewers that Futch was joining. He didn't join. I don't know where he's at. Futch, we miss you. We love you. Wade, shout out to your mom. She got her flight canceled, so you got to entertain her tonight. Hopefully, you were watching the show entertaining her that way. Um, yeah, he was coming. So. I guess he's going with Jay Jettis because he didn't have any comments. No, no, I think he's going Jay Jettis there, uh, which is not surprising. Uh, Tyler, it was a pleasure. As always, if you're still here watching, hit that subscribe button, hit the alerts, tune in weekly. Uh, Tyler's got one more message for everybody. Yep. Looking at uh, the fantasy football corner is going to be rolling on next week. Next week, we'll be looking at the best round. You know, we're going to go be going round by round, the best pick in each round. There's 16 rounds of fantasy football, so we'll have 16 players next week as we continue rolling it on. Fantasy Football Corner will be coming to a close once our draft uh, is off to that. But on YouTube Shorts, uh, we're going to be doing some sleeper, uh, some uh, stardom and sit-ems uh, every like, week. So like the Fantasy it. Football content will be rolling on as people start drafting. Yeah, you'll have to, uh, like I said, subscribe to the YouTube, see the Shorts, follow the TikTok over at Sports Scramble. Um, pretty much everywhere you can catch us uh, at Sports Scramble on social media. Uh, give us a listen on all your podcasts, wherever they're found. Hit that subscribe ring. You know what to do. Uh, appreciate everybody watching. See you.